thanks for your generous giving this morning. <sighs> you guys are looking great. Are you guys excited for Christmas? Yeah, amen. Yesterday was a blast. Uh, the, many of the guys of the church, many of you are here, served and blessed the ladies at the Christmas brunch and ornament exchange. Wasn't that a great time, guys and ladies? And we had a good time, and uh, that was exciting. Um, this is a great season, and like I mentioned just a moment ago, we're going to start a brand new series uh, for Christmas on generosity and looking at the generous nature of Christ and uh, the birth of Christ and, uh, and just how we are called as believers to live uh, as generous as we are able and even beyond that ability, and, and I think that the Lord will honor that. But we want to finish today a series that we've been in about forgiveness. And, uh, you know, as we're considering what do we preach at the, in this fall and uh, what do we need to hear or what would we like to hear more about, boy, forgiveness or how to forgive was on the top of the shelf. We're saying, boy, we need to learn how to forgive. I don't care if you're a believer or if you're a Christ follower or a seeker, maybe, or even if you're an atheist, to live in community, you must learn to forgive. We've all experienced where somebody has wronged you or wronged me, right? Someone's lied to you, cheated, said something in a, that's offensive. Or we have wronged someone else. Maybe we stole something or we've hurt someone. And if we're not careful, unforgiveness, it can begin to own us. It can shape us. It can put us into bondage. The pain, the bitterness, the rage. And whether it's small little things or large areas of our lives, revenge and anger can slip in and, and it can control us if we're not careful. And so we've been praying, God, we invite you into the emotional conflict of our lives. And our goal this series was that we would experience freedom in a supernatural way way. And so where did we start? We stopped, started a few weeks ago, and we said, you know what? We need to drop the jawbone. Judges 15, the story of Samson, and uh, we said, look, we are gonna, if you're going to forgive, if we're going to move in that direction, we got to decide not to take revenge any longer. We said that revenge escalates, and whether it's active or passive, it's like the game of Pong. It's given, and then we give it back. And then it comes back to us, and then boom, it's off to the next, and it is dangerous. We also said that forgiveness is a choice. It's our choice. We are called to inexhaustible forgiveness. We studied the verse in Matthew chapter 18 that said we are to forgive 70 times 7, 490 times. That means that every three minutes in the day, if you didn't sleep, you'd have to forgive that pers a person for the same offense that many times in the same day. The idea is inexhaustible. Our forgiveness should be without measure. And we looked at the story in Matthew 18 where a king pays the price. He throws away the bookkeeping. He dies to the system. Why? So a servant can have new life. And we moved into last, the last couple weeks as we looked at forgiveness. When we forgive we talked about that we must absorb the debt of the other person. Someone has to pay. You cannot forgive without sacrifice. There's a death that comes 
And why would we experience death? Why would we want to go through that? Why would we die to the idea that we can get revenge or that we should get even? We die to that. We forgive with the hope of what? Resurrection. New life to come. And Christ dying on the cross is an incredible picture of forgiveness. That he had to die in order for him to be resurrected and to forgive our sins and to live, to give us new life. Now, we had originally planned to only take three weeks with this forgiveness series, and then we'd be on into Christmas starting today. But as we were praying and as I was just asking the Lord, there was a, a, an idea that emerged that I couldn't get off my mind. It came, it, uh, it was, it's really the practical steps that we need because as we heard it, stories emerge and, and even uh, people came to me and said, boy, this is what I'm struggling with. What do I do? And I was able to say, well, these are some of the steps. And we said, you know what? I need, we need to describe this and bring some practical application. There was one young man from the youth group that came and said, you know, I'm struggling with forgiving my dad. And he explained a little bit, not in, in great detail. And I said, you know what, brother? And Pastor Pete and I, we prayed with him. We said, you know what? It's a process. It's starting in your life. And I said, next week, come and make sure that you take good notes. And, and uh, we'll make sure that we teach you the steps of what we can do. We didn't want to leave you hanging. And so we're adding this fourth week. And our, our um, encouragement is that we want to come to a place where we can reconcile our relationships. Reconciliation. And we're going to talk about how to do that. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at a few verses there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And, um, you know, during this series, before the series, I talked with different pastors. I've been reading many different books and different teaching, getting different insight from different places. And I've grown in understanding in, in regards to um, reconciliation and forgiveness. And one of the individuals that really has blessed me was Matt Biller. And I've mentioned him over the last couple of weeks. And uh, in just a minute, he's going to come and he's going to share with us a, uh, something that the Holy Spirit revealed to him in his counseling practice. Um, he's a licensed family counselor on his way to be PhD. We're going to have to call him Dr. Matt here soon. But, uh, uh, but uh, what Matt had said, he said, there's not a day that goes by when he does not deal with the issue of forgiveness in his practice. And what's interesting is that if that's true, which I believe him, the fact is, is that we have to, as believers, not only be well-versed, and we're going to talk about some of the things in just a minute, some of the bullet points of what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. Those things are good, but we need to be exercising forgiveness in our lives on a regular basis. And this morning, you don't have to pay uh, the hundreds of dollars that it takes to meet with Matt today. Um, it's on us today. But, um, but, we, but we do want to review some of where we've been just real quick, and then we're going to pray. We're going to ask Matt to come, and, and uh, there's some insight that he has that blessed me that was just illuminating to me. And I was like, man, we've got to share this. It's steps that the offender and the offended person need to take to bring us to reconciliation. I believe it will be a blessing. So this morning, though, before we turn it over to, pa to, to Pastor Matt, <laughs> Dr. Matt, this is what we've talked about so far, all right? Forgiveness is not the same as condoning someone's behavior. If you're going to forgive someone, it doesn't mean that we condone what has been done 
or what, what has been said, and we, that's very important for us to realize. The second thing is it said it's not forgetting or repressing. We don't just throw it into the corner and forget about it or sweep it under the rug. When someone has done something, sometimes the best thing to do is to remember. If someone has lied to you on multiple occasions, remember that you're dealing with someone who has a problem with lying. If someone has stolen from you, if there's a business uh, deal that's gone bad on many occasions, we need to remember that. The other thing is that it's not the same or it's not the same as reconciliation. Reconciliation and forgiveness is different. And many times, uh, we want to be working towards reconciliation. In fact, uh, Matt will tell you here in a moment that the goal is always to get there, but there are times when reconciliation is just not possible. The other thing, it's not the same as minimization. or it's not. We don't minimize when we forgive. We don't just say, okay, well, we forgive you. It's really not that big of a deal. And it's certainly not codependency, saying, well, what you did, it was really my fault. No. Forgiveness is not codependency. Forgiveness is not different from justice and consequences either. We've looked at that, that you know what? When someone uh, has an offense or has, has caused you pain, many times they need to pay. Especially in our households, when our kids, um, when they disobey, they need to Pay, right? We talked about that. Or in the justice system, that uh, if, if there's been some abuse, they need to go to jail, or there needs to be a restraining order, or whatever the case, there are consequences. Amen. And then we talked about forgiveness is three things. The first thing is that forgiveness is personal. You don't forgive an organization, you don't forgive a church, or a bank, or a school, or an employee. An, you know, the employer that you work for. It's the people inside of those churches and schools and banks and inside the place that you work that you would forgive. It's personal. The second thing is that forgiveness is a process. And every time you feel something kind of come up inside of you towards someone, we need to forgive. Uh, another gentleman came up to me uh, two weeks ago, I think, and he said, boy, I saw someone at the, at the mall, and I had these feelings, and pastor, I had to forgive him again. And he did in his heart, and he was able to go up and actually greet them instead of ducking and hiding. <laughs> and I thought, man, that's progress. It's a process, though, that we are in forgiveness. And the last thing we said is that forgiveness is a choice. It's our choice. And Elizabeth Afkin, a few weeks ago, shared her story. And, you know, we look at that and we say, you know what? It's up to each and every one of us. Forgiveness is a choice. We've said that it's a skill of discipleship. If you want to be a Christ follower, we need to be good at forgiving. And I believe as believers, as Christ followers, it is not an option for us to hold on to certain uh, circumstances and to not forgive. It is not an option to, to live our lives in unforgiveness. We are called to be people that forgive. Does that make sense? All right, so in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, let me read this, and uh, we're going to pray, and then we're going to turn it over to Matt for some uh, incredible insight. But in Matthew, or, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it's a, really a section on reconciliation. 
And it's interesting that as I read this, it was these verses that were illuminated in prayer and in, um, in a time of reflection in Matt's life that called him, that God just brought it out and called him into the counseling ministry. And, uh, but listen to these words, starting in verse 17. Therefore... And we need to say, you know, why is it there for? And so before that, we're talking a little bit about reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation. But therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you are a believer, if you're a Christ follower, he is a new creation. Everyone say amen. The old has gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against him. Thank the Lord. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So not only have we been reconciled with Christ, he is committing that goal or that assignment to us. We, therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Some rich text there. We're going to look at that, but let's pray and ask the Lord to bless us this morning. And everyone should have a sheet with you, and uh, you can follow along with Matt's notes uh, and some illustration. And then um, we are praying that the Lord would continue the process that he has started a few weeks ago and that God would work in all of our lives. So let's pray. Lord, we need you this morning. We need you to speak to us, Lord, in a powerful way. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would just use these next few moments to bring insight, illuminate your scripture. Use Matt in a powerful way. Lord, as he's sat in his office and across the seat from many, many people and talked about what he's going to talk about this morning, God, I pray that it would be fresh this morning that it would be powerful, and Lord, that you would touch him, use him, and we'll give you the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, it's all yours, brother. Good morning, church. Good morning. Let's try it again. There it is. Good morning, church. Could we bring this over a little bit? Oh, sure. Easel over closer. Um, I spoke here once before uh, when pastor was out of town. It was for a New Year's Eve uh, Sunday. It was the first Sunday of the new year, and... uh, I'm telling you, it's weird to, like, give a message in your own church. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. And and I'm reminded that Jesus said a prophet is without honor in his own home. (laughs) Sure. And so uh, I don't want honor. I just want you to listen. So uh, it's just an awkward thing. How many remember that story when Jesus went back to his own town and they're like, who's this? He worked in the carpenter's shop. (laughs) I'm not listening to him. So Uh, don't listen to me. Listen to the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, Just kind of quickly to to tie off of what Pastor Ben said, um, I, uh, I went to seminary, the Somebody's God Seminary, in uh, 2001, and uh, in 2000, I found it in my Bible this morning as I was looking. The Lord uh, spoke to me, and uh, I went down to the seminary, 
uh, a year before I attended, and I went to an open house, a seminary day, they call it. So I went down there and stayed for a day and uh, stayed, stayed a night with a student and toured the campus and uh, had a great speaker come. Um, he's now our, our superintendent, the general superintendent, George Wood. He came and, and gave a, a, a talk, um, a devotional in the chapel that day, and uh, the Holy Spirit was just working on me. And uh, he spoke out of Proverbs. You guys don't have to turn here, but I'll just read it. He spoke out of Proverbs, uh, chapter 24, verse 11. I'll just read it. And this was his text. He said, Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. Again, Proverbs 24, 11, and 12. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay each person according to what he has done? And that spoke to me because I saw broken, hurting people. And what was I doing about it? <laughs> I'm supposed to rescue those being led away to death. And I'm telling you, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, you are being led away to death. Okay? And um, so through a series of events, the Lord uh, called me to, to seminary and to the ministry. I was going to go into the medical field, and uh, I can remember the day when I told my parents that, God was calling me to ministry instead of medicine, which is kind of like medicine for the soul, right? <laughs> and my parents are like, are you kidding me? And I said, well, you raised me to follow what the Lord had for my life, right? And they said, yep. So I think it's worked out pretty well so far. But mom and dad are here. I love you guys. Um, so uh, back to Second Corinthians uh, 5, a pastor read that, and I won't reread it. But, you know, as he was reading that again, uh, I'm struck by how we are Christ. We're his representatives, right? If we don't forgive people and we're a Christian, what is that representing of our Lord, right? And uh, I don't know if it was original with me. I think I probably heard it somewhere, but Pastor shared last time that, you know, if we are Christians, right, Christian, Christian, right, if we are like Christ, we're never more like him than when we forgive, Right? Where would we be if he didn't forgive us? Okay, so that's kind of the, the thought here. And, and I, I want to say, too, as a counselor, I've been, um, I've been in the ministry. Uh, I felt called down to seminary to be a pastor, and God changed the direction of my coursework, and I, I have a master's in counseling from the seminary. Um, but I did serve as a chaplain in a state prison up here in Muskegon for about two years, so I was a pastor. Um, for a time, I was credentialed with the assemblies. I'm not now because I don't really need to be. But um, I'm, a, I'm a minister in the counseling room uh, as the Holy Spirit works through me and in the lives of people that he entrusts to me. And um, God always desires reconciliation. That is the story of the gospel. That's what we just read. God was reconciling the man through Christ. That's what he does, Right? But God does not always require it in our horizontal relationships because sometimes the pain is so deep. Sometimes there is so much trust broken and lost that it's not possible. It's not safe sometimes. I will say those are exceptions, though. Okay? God always desires reconciliation. Okay? So I just want to throw um, a little graphic on the board. This is a little diagram that I use to help people try to understand this. And you know, as a counselor, um, 
I've been at it for about six years now, maybe seven years, and I'm more comfortable than I used to be. <laughs> I'd have people sit down, and they'd spill their guts, and it's awful and terrible, and I'm sitting there going, I have no idea what to tell you. <laughs> if you only knew what my life looked like, I don't think I have anything to give you, but that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, and he reveals things to me, and I'll be talking to people, and I'm like, wow, that was good. You know, <laughs> Not, it, was the, it was the Lord, and it's, it's really beautiful. So this is one of those things. Um, I tried to capture it in my mind so I could use it for, to help other people. Um, so this is one of, those, uh, one of those things that I found helpful. I, I think the person I was talking to did too. So um, on your handout, uh, there's two sides to it. Go to the side that does not have the columns. There's a blank half. Okay, fold it in half and, and use the blank side. We're going to do a little artwork today, a little play therapy. No, just kidding. Okay, I only work with adults. I, I have kids that, of my own that I have enough to do with. So, um, so let's draw a big triangle, okay? Hopefully you guys can see this. I probably need a fatter marker, but this works. Let's put God at the top. It's where he belongs, right? Okay, let's put ourselves down here so you could say me. This is probably really hard to see. You could just come up and sit closer, you know? Okay, and then we're going to put others or other, others over here, Okay. So here's a triangle. A triangle represents uh, relationships between people, right? Sometimes you guys have, uh, it's been talked about and maybe you have heard of using this as a marriage. You've got husband, wife, right? As husband and wife get closer together, they're also getting closer to God and vice versa, right? So we're just using the, the triangle as a way to, to represent relationships, okay? So uh, pop quiz here. This is not a trick question, okay? So what is it that breaks our relationship between us and God? What separates us? Good, okay. What separates others from God? Said, what, what separates others and us? Right? So sin separates. Read Romans. That's a pretty basic principle, right? Sin separates, okay? <clears throat> what is it that covers sin? What repairs this? Blood, right? What else? Starts with an F. Ends with forgiveness. Okay, forgiveness, right? Okay, so, so God's, God's forgiveness covers our sin, our brokenness, that, that broken relationship that we had because we were offensive to God, right? We broke it, and he came, and he fixed it. He reconciled it, okay? What is it that forgives others' uh, sin? Same thing, right? What is it that forgives when, when people are mad and angry and they hurt us? What is it that forgives and heals that, right? Or blood, blood, blood covers it, forgiveness covers it, right? And I never saw this until just a little while ago. Look, it's like a smiley face. Woo! Aren't we happy that we have been forgiven, right? You feel good when you're forgiven? Come on. You guys need to eat your breakfast. Okay, so, so forgiveness, okay? So, okay, forgiveness is what covers our sin, right? Forgiveness is what makes a way for reconciliation to happen. Forgiveness has to happen before reconciliation can occur, okay? Sometimes we think, well, they're my dad, and so I need to, I need to still be close to them, and even though they hurt me, I'm just, there needs to be forgiveness there first. Otherwise, it's impossible. It's weird and strange and hard, and that's when you end up in my office, and 
you're like, and I, with all seriousness, it's like, why? I can't, oh, I can't stand this person. There's been a wound. We, we, you need to talk about it. You need to, you need to have it healed. So 